Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hello folks, welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. We're doing a Victory Monday edition, recording this on Sunday relatively early, about 6.30 Eastern Time here in, uh, I'm in Columbus, going to be bringing on John Colosimo just in a second as my post-game host, co-host would be uh, how it goes, I'm not calling him a guest, when he comes on we kind of co-host this thing, um, but your Browns won 24-22 over the Ravens, maybe not the win that you wanted to see with how it turned out, I don't know, that's a stupid thing to say. They won, and you should be happy, we should be happy. We always say this saying here, you know, no matter how you have to get the game won, you have to win it, and it wasn't ultimately as, as I guess, easy going as we hoped it would be after it was like 24-6, to I think, was what the Browns eventually got. Actually, they got it to 24-3, to thought it would be one of those games where maybe the Browns won 38-13, something like that. But it got close, it got uncomfortable, but nonetheless, a 24-22 win and a huge win to take the Browns to 3-1 and in the division and drop the Bengals to 1-3 and in the division. John Colosimo, welcome into the show. How are you, my friend? I'm excellent, man. I mean, it's, it's always great uh, when you can cap off a week with a Browns victory. It uh, always makes the... Monday's a little easier to wake up for, uh, and, um, you know, I'm a little more productive at work. <laughs> I Definitely. I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's a game where I think you can easily fall into the trap of thinking this felt like a loss or this win wasn't the type of win I wanted them to have. I left the game feeling more uh, upset than I thought I was going to, whatever. You know, you could go that route if you want to go that route, and maybe you do, John. I don't think people who are upset with the way it ended up turning out by the end are all too wrong, but I do want to get your first impression of your, what you thought from the whole game and sort of what uh, what feelings you left with. Yeah, I would say that it probably wasn't as satisfying as uh, it looked to be, you know, in the uh, third quarter, but um, ultimately, like, their, their mistakes were made, you know. I, I still have no idea what Andy Janovich was thinking on that um, on the ha- all-hands play, but uh, at the end of the game to give them a, a, a rip and obviously Lamar Jackson was out. So that's a little less satisfying in and of itself. Um, but and you just, sometimes you just kind of win games. However, you got to win them and we had to have it, you know? So we had to have the W we got it. And uh, I'm not sure many complaints are really warranted. I mean, we definitely can talk about, uh, you know, some of the things that, that happened in the game that, that we didn't like, but you know, ultimately, guys we got the w and we needed the w and so we get to move on to next week against the raiders and uh hopefully uh build upon this but you know the w is what mattered here yeah it's keeping the season alive i think we uh probably need to have a hard conversation about expectations for what the browns offense really is i think a lot of our issues with the browns offense is we think it's a little better than what the actual talent is so i think there's a conversation to be had right there but Again, this is a game to keep the playoff discussions alive, to keep the hopes alive, to see this season maybe turn into one that doesn't feel like a complete waste by the end. You had to find a way to win this game, and they did. So I get it. You might be frustrated by it. It might be bummed out by some things that transpired at the end. I completely think that's justifiable. But you do have to respect the outcome, which is a win. 
And that's what we're talking about. Let's go through some statistics for the day. Third down stats, this is where Cleveland kind of uh, uh, surprised me a little bit. Nearly 50% on offense, 6 of 13, and then uh, held Baltimore to 1 of 12. Now, I know Baltimore got a couple fourth downs in there that took away from the importance of that. But nonetheless, uh, held Baltimore to 1 of 12 on third down. Those are metrics they need to uh, spin in their favor as this year wears on. And this is uh, some of the other stats, though, not all too encouraging. Uh, total net yards, 389 for Baltimore to 290 for Cleveland. It was an average gain of 5.6 on 69 plays for the Ravens. Nice. 61 plays for Cleveland, 4.8 yards per play. Rushing net, 118 for Baltimore, 100 for Cleveland. 271 passing for Baltimore, 190 for Cleveland. 10 penalties for the Ravens, so that 125 yards of penalties. Four penalties, 42 for the Browns. Two turnovers by the Ravens. One turnover by Cleveland, and then time of possession was 33 minutes, 50 seconds for the Browns, 26-10 for the Ravens. So from a team stats perspective, everything the Browns needed to go in their favor, John, went in their favor. I mean, they got 10 penalties. They got two turnovers. The difference is and why this game was close is Cleveland only ends up going for 290 yards after I believe they started 14 of 16 for 128 in the passing game. They were 6 of 16 for 64 yards for the rest of the game. That's uh, about the eight-minute mark when they scored to go up seventeen to seventeen to nothing. They were they were fourteen of sixteen for a buck buck twenty-eight at that point. End up throwing for sixty-four yards the rest of the way, and uh, yeah, man, uh, six of sixteen they had an interception. So it started out really well, but it fizzled out by the end, and and that's that's why the Ravens were able to hang around in this one. And Browns too get a turnover essentially on the. Um, on the on the uh, on side kick right you know I, I also need I said this on the Twitch show John can we stop hearing about stats that haven't been done since this X date or whatever like oh it God. seems it yeah. seems like it always happens I mean I, Jake Trotter who I love man good dude respect him he puts out this stat about you know the Browns are the first and th- I think this one was after the game so I'm probably embellishing a little bit but he said like after the Chargers game the Browns are the first team to go for um, you know 40, 44 more points and 500 yards of offense and lose or something like that. Then the uh, the Ravens' first game there, it was like the Ravens were the first team to have four interceptions and still win the game. And then they say, I think they said on the onside kick, it was the first Ravens recovery since 2001. I think I heard Kevin Harlan's like, well, the Ravens haven't recovered an onside kick since 2001. And I thought, okay, here we go. It's, uh, it's probably going to happen then. And what do, you, what do you know? It ends up happening. I mean, I'm tired of some of these stats, but it seems like they just keep happening this year. And maybe that speaks to how weird the year is, right? It does. Uh, in the same respect, you know, I mean, for me, like, I, you know, it even stretched to the year before because we had that one game against the Steelers where it was, what, like uh, five turnovers or something, and we were the only team to not win a game, win the turnover battle, like 5-0. Uh, so, like, you know, I – to me, it just like feels like this stuff keeps happening. But yeah, certainly this year um, there are a whole uh, bevy of those. Whole bevy is right for the game. Nick Chubb goes seventeen of fifty nine, seventeen carries, fifty nine yards. Again, I don't know. This is just me, and I've had a couple people say it to me, and I kind of agree. I don't think Nick's played Baltimore very well the last two weeks. He hasn't created yeah. some of the missed tackles that he normally creates. I thought he again thought he missed a couple runs where I was like, hmm. Feels and I'm again I'm a guy watching on TV I don't know I need to see better angles of this stuff but like it just kind of felt to me like he missed a couple and you know when he when when you miss a 
couple runs against these guys, those are plays that could get you to 80 or 90 rushing yards. You know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. it's a mixture of good Baltimore run defense, but I just didn't, I just didn't think Nick, I don't think he's hitting it the way he typically, uh, with some of these cuts or some of the vision things that separate him, make him superhuman. Maybe that's it, John. Maybe he's, he's sort of superhuman and we get used to that. And he's had a couple normal games and we're like, Oh, okay. This is what it's like. It's adjusting some expectations there. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think this one was a weird one, and I'm going to definitely be tuning in for your breakdown on this one because, uh, you know, from, you know, the initial one one viewing, you know, from the sideline cam, uh, I don't feel like uh, Baltimore. I feel like Baltimore, like, literally had two less people in the box on average for the entire game. And yet we weren't able to really take advantage of that in the in the. Uh, running game and i'm not sure why that is and i definitely do think that uh you know some some criticism some extremely rare nick chubb criticism is warranted uh he just hasn't really been himself these last couple of weeks and i don't know why that is uh but this one especially you know uh and you're right that you know any one run you know you know how nick is i mean when you break down his run by run thing he he actually isn't the top guy in terms of every single snap uh, making more out of uh, out of what you got you know you have your ex- expected yards and he's like a leader in that uh, year by year in his career but generally speaking that's not necessarily a an every snap thing it's uh, he's a home run hitter uh, and uh, I think that there were some opportunities here that were missed again and I don't know what it is. Maybe um, maybe he's banged up. Maybe he's just having a couple off games. But it's okay to it's okay to say you know Nick hasn't had his best couple games here. I mean the the guy's barely earned any criticism his whole career. But um, yeah, it, these couple games against the Ravens uh, not quite his best. And, I, and I'll say too, losing Kareem early didn't help. I mean they're still sort of waiting. And I, not that Dearness Johnson's not more than capable to do what he's doing too. I just I just thought there was some real excitement about having these two together again and and then Kareem just such a weird play there where he, he it, it that play happens in a game so many times where somebody goes to take out your legs and you're just you either don't have your legs underneath you altogether or you just get your foot off the ground in time. You know what I'm talking about on that play? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, But he doesn't get his foot off the ground in time, and all of a sudden his foot gets clipped underneath him a little bit, and the player taking out his feet uh, you know, takes out, kind of torques the ankle, and that's where you get the sprained ankle part from. So bummer for that, you know, from the perspective of getting Nick, you know, Nick and Kareem back on the same page because there was a little bit of on-the-field-at-the-same-time stuff for those guys. So it was – it was uh, exciting from that perspective because everybody has been, you know, thinking that was going to be like the fix to their whole offensive system issues is getting those guys on the and, field and together. You saw, and you saw like some two back sets after he was out, uh, you know, like uh, quite quite a few in terms of relativity there. But uh, yeah, so you wonder how much of that was in the game plan to begin with. And if he had been available, uh, whether we would have seen uh, quite a few plays relatively speaking, with both him and Chubb on the field. Agreed, agreed. Um, so Dearness goes four for 22. Baker runs six times, which I think is a season high. Six times for 14 yards. Kareem only gets two carries for five. Baker goes 22 of 32, 192 touchdowns and interception. Probably going to end up with two turnover-worthy plays. I thought the Ravens dropped an interception that a couple guys had a chance at there late in the first half. I think it was the possession right after the uh, – 
interception that he actually threw. How, how did you think Baker played? I'm, I'm curious your opinion, and I'll give mine. He looked okay. You know, um, I think uh, it, I I think he was not bad. I don't think he was great. Um, I think that um, you know we can win games with him playing that well. I guess um, you know I am curious to hear what you have to say about that interception because I thought that was a little strange uh, in the sense that I think he threw it where he wanted to. And I'm not sure how that makes sense. So what did you see on the, uh, on that interception? There's a, that's called Peyton Manning calls. And it just dawned on me. I was about to say, once again, I cannot remember the name of it. That is a squirrel route. It is a wheel to a comeback. It is a, you, so you sell that initial wheel route and then you sit it at 18 and come back to 15. And he, uh, didn't throw it outside. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, there's no read to that play. I know that the outside, the corner had outside leverage uh, a little bit on the route, and that's maybe. I, I I just don't know why he would have thrown it in there. There's nothing that I ever agree. says to throw it in there. That. So I don't. I don't know. I can't sit here and say that it was an off-target throw. So much as to say, it's like it was a. Why would you? Why would you put it there? Because that squirrel route. I've never seen it with a read. People were like, well, they didn't, he didn't read it the right way. Well, I've never seen that route. And Peyton Manning talked about that route. If you go back and watch the chiefs, this is going back a bit, John back and watch. And I posted the highlight from it, the chiefs game in 2018. That's where Manning was doing the Manning vision things. Do you remember him doing those? He was like, he was like taking a couple plays from games and and breaking them down. He broke down that play action concept, which was uh, almost identical. And, they, they, they labeled it a squirrel route for whatever reason back when he was playing in Indy. And then they actually, the Browns ran it. I tweeted it. They ran it later in the game to perfection. So I have no idea why that ball was left so far inside what the re I would, I was hoping somebody would ask in the post game because the ball was so far inside and it made no sense for being thrown in there. I thought he was okay. I mean, I thought he started out really the way they need him to play. He was 14 of 16, pretty much hitting everything that they needed him to hit that the defense was giving him. You know, I thought that first throw to Hooper on the boot was pretty poor. You know, I thought Hooper dropped it too. But it's like, okay, if I give you a a pretty squared up situation and I say, okay, quarterback has to make a throw. Whose job is more difficult, John? Quarterback coming off a boot fake, making a throw to a guy in the flat with nobody around him in pressure, an accurate throw, or a tight end, 6'5", 245, 250-pound tight end, running away from the quarterback and having to turn his entire body back and catch the football down and away. I would think Especially you would say, one. yeah, I would think you would say the quarterback's job's easier there. Now it's a combined failure. Austin has to find a way to catch it, but it's like those are the little layup throws I've been talking about all year. So like, you know, Mayfield, I thought for the most part in the first half, pretty good. Looked looked like the guy that you needed him to be to win enough games and taking what the defense was giving him. But then the consistency starts to fade. You have that blur, the blip of the interception. Then he had that near near interception there. Um, where he was sort of working left side to right side and was late and tried to reset his feet and throw that slant. And, you know, it's that could have been an interception. I think it was 17-3 at that point after the first interception. Then he then he almost got intercepted again there in the second quarter. Luckily, the Browns got a uh, got, got the Miles Garrett strip sack uh, culmination play. But I thought Baker was fine. I expect him to grade in the 60s. I don't think he's going to have, have one of his better marks. I just... Again, like, I think, I th- you know, what, what I'm a little frustrated by, though, Jake, is, uh, you know, the, the offense just doesn't look 
like it's gelling. Like it's, you know, like we know what it looks like when Kevin Stefanski's offenses are in a groove and, and things are going right. He's calling the right play calls off of his, you know, off of his runs, you know, uh, I didn't see that, you know? So, you know, I think that's part of the, the unsatisfying thing about watching this offense today is that you just didn't see, they never really got on a roll ever, you know, to be honest, you know, they, they had some big plays. They made, they made some decent plays, but it never really felt like they were rolling. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's the thing all year is I don't think they've been in sync all year. And it's, and it's, yeah. it's really an answer we're all searching for. And I'm just saying, like, I don't think they've been in sync as an offense the entire football season. And I mean, that's everybody because so many times I can't write the same article every week, which is, Hey, it's this guy's fault on this play. It's this guy's fault on this play. It's this guy's fault on another play. I can't write that every week, but it's the fact of the matter is that it is most of the time, somebody different. And it's like, we all want there to be this, like, I think someone said like a smoking gun, right. That solves all the issues that they're having. And I don't, I don't think there is that out there. I, I truly think some things I said in the post game on the Twitch show, the OBR is that I think we have to change our expectations. We're not altering our expectations for this offense. I just don't think they're very good. I think they have some nice pieces, but I think the whole isn't as good as we thought it would be. And that's bothering us because we think there's something more there when I'm just not sure there's anything more there. They're just going to have to be a scrappy team who can find a way to put a few points on the board, John. Like, I don't think that there's some hidden explosive element of this offense just floating out there. I think our expectations have had to change for Mayfield, partly because he's playing worse, partly because he's been injured. Our expectations have had to change for the offensive line because of how beat up they have been. Guys have been in and out. They're trying to solve right tackle. 
uh, the, Austin Hooper has never by, quite been the player we thought he would be. They have never quite used David Njoku the way we thought they might use him. Who, who knows the reasoning for that? David could be a bad practice player. David might not be as consistent as they'd like to be to trust him more. You know, and then Jarvis is beat up with a knee. He's clearly already a limited explosive explosion athlete who's 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 bogged down even more. And then you have what happened with Odell. And it's like, okay, I think the thing that we need to start talking about is we're expecting a group that isn't as good as we think they are to perform better, and it's just kind of not not gonna happen. I just don't I think we need to start telling ourselves, here's the realistic outcome for this offense. And as sooner we can have those conversations, I think the safer we'll be about what the rest of the year is. We are expecting Kevin Stefanski to call the perfect play. I keep saying this, John. The margin for error for this offense is small. They don't have many guys who can overcome when things go sideways. They really don't have that at wide receiver. You know, a guy, a, somebody covers the scheme or the route perfectly and you still make an adjustment and you can do it. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones can sometimes get there, not all the time, still young. But, like, we know Baker is is very much, uh, I said this the other day, he's very much a recreator, I think is the way to put it, John. He's a recreator. If the scheme is 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 created a certain way, he will recreate what the scheme is asking him to do. He's not a creator type of quarterback. And if you watched his interview with Kirk, uh, Kurt Warner, he even said the same thing himself about how Lamar can do things that I can't and I'm not the athlete, and, 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 and this is true. He's, he's pretty much admitting what we're saying right here, which is, you know, I'm not a creator. I can do what the scheme is asking me to do, but not much more, which is a bit disappointing because when his rookie season was so special, we thought we saw a creator. It has not happened now over the course of three years. I'm not saying you're dumping Baker because of this. I'm just saying this is who he is. So if the scheme is covered well, if Baltimore covers it the right way, or the play action doesn't get the guy to quite bite that you needed him to bite, or if uh, you know they take away that one route that was supposed to be open, or they take away the run lane and they have to adjust, like right now they're not able to overcome a ton. Some of it's the quarterback. Some of it is other players. Nick or you know if Nick doesn't play his best game or if the O-line doesn't protect the the the, the way they need to protect you know there's there's just it, it just to me is a slim margin for error group they cannot overcome and create many plays they're not a bunch of creators on offense they're guys who are just genuinely relying on the scheme to provide them answers and if it doesn't that's when we're seeing them get in trouble that's that's we're not seeing them overcome it and that's why we're all so frustrated like people were were upset about the, the the they're sitting on the game to win it you know they're 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 taking time off the clock they're just trying not to lose but if you look at the last the, the last two possessions John they come out with uh the the I think Baltimore cut it to 24-15 right they cut it to 24-15 the Browns come out and run a play-action screen to the running back, then run a play-action on second down to Janovich in the flat, and then uh, third down they end up throwing it too. And it's like, okay, those are aggressive play calls, trying to dial up a screen, dialing up a play-action, trying to take advantage of a team maybe thinking you're going to run the ball. So then Kevin goes the other way and says, hey, okay, well then we'll just run the ball to run the clock. They go negative 2-1, and one, and then it's third and third and 11, and they don't convert. So it's like... I don't know what people want. People want these fixes on offense, and I think it's just a, I think it's just an expectation thing. There is no great fix for this group. the 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 group is the group this year, and they're really not going to be some offense you thought they were going to be in the off season. It's kind of where I'm at. Do I sound stupid? 
No. And, you know, and especially coming into this game, we knew that they're shorthanded. Um, you know, they're, they're shorthanded in wide receivers, tight ends. So you, you had to expect that, um, you know, in a sense, you couldn't really expect too much more out of that group, uh, you know, from the passing game, given that the running game never really, you know, turned on. And uh, I do wonder, like, why exactly, you know, this offensive line isn't kind of hammering, uh, hammering the opposition, you know. Um, and, you know, I know we have issues on right tackle and that kind of stuff, but um, you'd like to see this offensive line impose on their will a little bit more. Uh, but given, you know, if, if I told you ahead of time that uh, the, the running game wasn't going to work, uh, you know, very much today, um, not not to the sense that people want to see, not not what they expect given the, the offensive line and the, the ability of these running backs. Um, you know, I'm not sure that you could have expected too much more out of the passing game. Uh, but I think you're right. You know, I think it is uh, – it's all an expectation game. And, uh, you know, if we were going to see – I think a big change than, than like I said, uh, before we recorded before this game, uh, I thought it was going to happen this time and, and we just didn't see that. So I think it's, you know, I think it's time to go ahead and adjust those expectations that, and, and realize that we're going to rely on this defense a lot more than anybody really wanted to. That's, um, that's it. That's, that's a hundred percent it. They, they're just not the offense. I think we all envisioned when we thought Mayfield was going to take another step or two, when we thought, uh, you know, OBJ was going to come back and be the dude before Jarvis's knee issue. Hooper has clearly regressed. Like it's very, and I, I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones is dealing with injuries. Anthony Schwartz is dealing with concussion issues. It's very clear to me that it's just not a good offense that people are trying to tell themselves it's a good offense. Do you, you kind of, I, I just think yeah, that's no, where it is. That's where it is. And that's why people are frustrated because if you go out and win a game like this today, they should have won 24, 15. That's a fine win for a team without a great offense. Now fixing that great offense is going to lead to so many discussions around quarterback wide receiver, some other decisions at tight end that have to be made. That's where the, the, the meat and potatoes of the whole thing sits. But for now we can't, do those things in week 14 of a season but that's like where we're at here you need to in my opinion adjust those expectations because if you don't and you keep expecting them to go crazy now i'm not saying they should score seven points in the last fourth eight fourth quarters not saying that they should be a little better but they're just not they're not in sync they're not on the same page they're not a cohesive group and you can blame coaching i don't think that's fair you can blame coaching all you want that's cool if that's your thing i'm not going to convince you the last thing that i'm going to have is a discussion with somebody who hates kevin stefanski's play calling and they say you know what you're right that'll be a first they're going to see it the way that they want to see it that's fine i just uh I think the Browns have a really bright coach who's trying to do everything he can within his power to fix all of these issues and call the perfect play all the time, and it's overwhelming. It's really hard for for uh, you know for one guy to do, and I think it's leading to a lot of discussions uh, that are, in my opinion, unfair about how that how he's handling the whole thing. But nonetheless, let's keep plugging along. Donovan Peoples-Jones goes five catches, 90 yards, pretty good game. I want to get your opinion on DPJ. To me, he seems like a guy I'm comfortable with playing X. I tweeted this out earlier. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to keep growing. He has the vertical route tree you like from an X receiver. He can get down the field. He can make plays at the catch point. I'm 
more than fine with him as your second wide receiver, your X, and then going out and getting an explosive that explosive playmaking Z receiver, that off the ball, shiftier, uh, di- more diverse route tree type of player. Do do, what do you think of him today? Yeah, he looked good. Uh, he's a guy that we need, and uh, he he stepped up well today. Uh, I only had one complaint. I think there was one throw uh, down the sideline near the goal line. I think we ended up getting a penalty on it. Um, I thought Baker kind of tossed that uh, a little bit as a, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily back shoulder, but I think uh, he was even up with the uh, with the DB, and I thought he could have pulled up and caught that clean and, and walked into a touchdown on that one. That was uh, my only complaint there, but uh, he – he looked good. I mean, he, you know, we know he's dealing with issues, uh, but he's a real receiver. He's a, he's a guy that you look forward to having on your team for the next several years. So, um, you know, definitely a guy that we need to step up right now. And, uh, this was a good first step here. Is he, um, is that the play where Westry reached back and got his hand on the football? I think he, I think yes. that's, that's the play. Yeah, I thought so too. Mm-hmm. I thought could have been a little better effort on that one. I, if I would he agree. just pulls up, if he just pulls up early, yeah. uh, you know, puts his hands up. Yeah. That, that's a clean catch for him. Um, Agreed. But yeah, he had um, Donovan people's Jones at seven targets, eight targets for Jarvis Landry, five for 41 and a touchdown Jarvis again. Fine. That's kind of who Jarvis is going to be the rest of the year. Uh, Austin Hooper, seven targets, five catches, 30 yards, a touchdown. Hooper is a guy that I would love to get somebody like Trey McBride at, like a guy who's a better athlete. It's clearly in this structure a position that Baker likes to throw to. I would just like a better player there. I don't know if Njoku's that guy. Maybe he is. I don't doesn't feel like they trust him or they would have already been doing that, in my opinion, John. But that's a player I would like to upgrade. I just don't know how feasible it is to upgrade given – what's going on with his contract and the timing of getting out of said contract, so on and so forth. I don't know what that all looks like, but it's like it's, you know, everyone complains about Hooper, and I, listen, I get it, but it's a position that Baker is going to keep throwing to. He's showing you that he's going to keep throwing the football to that player. I would like to have somebody a little more explosive there as a tight end who can make something uh, make something more of those throws. Otherwise, yeah, I think go I, ahead, go ahead, I, talk I about think that. I'm, I think I'm amazed at how... Um lacking of an athlete Hooper is you know I think that's you know we're, we're about two years into this uh and I think that that's the thing that has struck me the most is just how uh how lacking his physical skill set is um you know and it just looks like a poor signing I mean you know he's 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 a quality player uh but you know for the money uh definitely is not right for for what he could do for your team and uh, I think that's what you see with David. I mean, because that's who we have. I'm not saying that, you know, David is, you know, a top five guy or anything like that. But, like, the, the contrast in physical ability is vast. And uh, it screams uh, when you watch him play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I would agree. I would agree. I think Hooper is a perfect example of being afraid of a tight end who benefited from zone coverages because of Julio Jones. Like you got to, you got to be uh, a little aware of that. Guys Absolutely. who benefit from those dominant yeah. receivers, Hoop is a uh, Hoop's a perfect example of it. He very just even more of a limited athlete than I originally thought. Like you said, uh, when they when they signed him, I also try to track back to where they were. If we go back to when they actually signed him, that was when David was coming off of. Uh, didn't he have a broken hand from that Jets game early in the year in 2019? There was yeah. uncertainty around Njoku. There was some uncertainty around how he came back late in the year. Like he came back late in the year and got like a DMP or something, had an issue with the coaching staff. And then if I recall, there was like, I don't know. I think what they wanted was to feel like with an offense that Kevin was about to bring in, they wanted a, a professional tight end. The market wasn't great. They they probably, I, I can't say probably, they overpaid for what his ability is, but I think they thought so desperately we need a tight end that we can at least moderately trust. Now, David has made the strides I think they were hoping for, but they were really kind of buying the basement there, oh, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, like, you, you, you couldn't you go into somebody that. somebody you can rely on. Exactly. You know, I, exactly. That's what they bought. They bought reliability uh, for what they were going to put in. They needed somebody who they knew could do the things that they – they wanted at the base level and i think uh they they got that in hoop but they didn't get anything more no you know? well even the catching has been worse too that's the thing that's hard Correct. to stomach yeah. i can handle you being a poor athlete but if you don't catch consistently or make those tough catch point plays where not even asking you to jump up and make a catch but like a play where a guy's hanging on your back if you can't make those then what's your value you know no I, I, you that, got that's... you got to be either a possession guy you know in, in that in that aspect you got to either be a possession guy which means you catch everything that's thrown to you, uh, and uh, you're not you're not expected to get more out of it. Or you got to be explosive, uh, you know. You got to be one of those two things, you know. And it'd be wonderful if you were both. But you know, the bottom line is like, you know, when you when you think about it, like, what what are you getting out of Hooper that say you didn't get out of Fells? You know, I think it got more out of Fells to be to be perfectly honest. You know, um, so. I think it's just uh, it's one of those signings that just didn't work out. Um, it, it's not a total bust. It's not Dwayne Bow or something like that, you know. But um, I think it's something that uh, they have to look at hard in this off season, and uh, you know, especially the way that uh, they use tight ends in this offense. I don't think you could pay a guy like Hooper, you know. Twelve, thirteen million dollars a year—you just can't do it. He's I just, yeah, I, if you're going to target that player or make that player such an integral part of your passing game, I need that player to be a better, a better uh, talent as a receiving talent. And that, if that means you have to sacrifice some of the blocking skill, then so be it. Because it's it's really making your offense so limited, so limited in what it can do from a, a make a play and make a play after that. You know, as terms of catching it, and then you making a play to 
break that scheme to another level. They're so limited there. I, I, again, yeah. I think that they, they were nervous about David. He did make the strides, which is great. Um, but you had to go into that knowing you had some adults in that room who could handle the duties of what they were wanting. So I do get why they signed him. I, I yeah, I've got no go criticisms back. of the signing itself. I, yeah. you know, given given the situation and what they were trying to do, um, I have no criticism of the actual signing. Um, I don't have criticism of the dollars. Um, you know, I, my my only point would be now we're we're about two years into this. Now you have to make a grown-up decision about what what you have there and uh, i think that's that's going to be moving on from agreed it'll have to be at a certain date but i i think they're they're going to have to do it they're they're really going to have to do it because they need they need more production out of that spot it's it's agreed. just it's just becoming hard to stomach what they're sitting through at the tight end an important their important tight end position not even like their second tight end but their important tight end position so um yeah, anyway, let's keep moving down the line here. It looks like Kareem Hunt had two catches, 13. Uh, Dearness Johnson had a screenplay for seven. Nick had three catches for six yards. Andy Janovich had one for three yards. Um, kind of wrapping up the offense, I thought other than the, the sack there that Jed gave up, which, again, was a weird play because Baker sets deep in the pocket, so he's setting deep, and then Baker does a pump fake. It looks like a double move and really aggressively steps up to make a man miss. And when he does that, that leaves – the inside kind of obviously open for Jed's guy. So it's hard to really pinpoint. I need, you know, you want Jed to make that block, but it's just, it's a really harder situation than people want to admit. I don't know what was going on downfield, but it looked like a double move and Baker had a chance to take a shot. At least that's what he was stepping up to do. I didn't have a ton of issues with pass protection on the, on the day. I didn't do notice much from James Hudson. I noticed a couple run plays where he, he clearly let his guy leak inside um, but otherwise I'll have to watch it because clearly they didn't run well enough in this game to be as successful as we thought they could be. But I, I don't have many offensive line immediate takeaways. Did anything stand out to you? No, I thought the, the blocking was okay. Um, like I said, like I'm going to pay attention to, to when you break down this, uh, this film, it seemed to me that they had an awful lot more, um, out in coverage than, uh, than a typical Baltimore team. Like I, I feel like they definitely changed as a defense without Humphrey there. And um, so that'll be interesting to look at. And, um, you know, I think that, that that partially could contribute to, you know, the Browns being a little disjointed on offense because Baltimore was, in my opinion, you know, on this first watch type thing on the, you know, the telecast, to me, they, they didn't look like a Baltimore defense, and I think they were doing things that you don't expect this team to do uh, that I haven't really seen this team do um, in any circumstance. So uh, it'll be interesting uh, what you see on tape when you get the coach's phone on that. It will. It will. Like I said, I only, I only noticed a couple plays where I thought James Hudson uh, didn't get his job done in the run game, but it's so hard TV view-wise to see that stuff. Let's talk defense. I thought... Even though, well, we'll start with this. Is Tyler Huntley, does he need to start somewhere? Like, <laughs> that dude was good. He was good. He was really good. He ends up going 27 of 38, 270, a touchdown, and runs for 45 yards on six carries. I didn't think you'd be able to find somebody who could really be like 80% of Lamar Jackson, but that's what he is. Does that guy get a chance to start in the NFL at some point? 
I mean, there's certainly uh, some opportunities given, you know, how the NFL is. The, you know, there's not enough quarterbacks to fill out 32 teams. Um, I thought it was pretty admirable um, how he came in there. Surprised me, for sure. Um, he was pretty composed as well. Um, he was under fire a few times, but uh, I thought he kept his composure really well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, given the landscape of the NFL, I don't see why that guy couldn't start games. I thought he played extremely well. Now, I thought the Browns played three quarters of really good football, and then things got away from them in the final quarter. I'm going to look at the uh, final quarter statistics because I think that, that ends up skewing a lot of the Browns' stats. Yeah, they gave up 170 passing yards alone in the fourth quarter, uh, which obviously changes. It goes from a 200-yard game for the Ravens to a 370-yard game. I think they ended up going for 389. So that changes everything. I, I again thought JOK was all over the field. Miles is maybe cemented his case for Defensive Player of the Year in this one. Um, you know, Jacob Phillips was around the football a little bit more than I thought he would be, so I was pleased by that. Uh, not sure that he played very well, but I, I did see him pop up quite a few times. And then Greedy Williams still finishing plays at the top of routes is just something he he continues to struggle with. He could be in the right position for 98% of the play and then just just kind of poop the bed at the very final catch point. It's like his, his Achilles heel, man. And, and the, they took advantage of that. Huntley made a couple really nice throws up the sideline and then ended up hurting them. And I tried telling people early, <laughs> earlier today, Hey man, I know Mark Mark Andrews didn't have a typical Mark Andrews game the first time, but he was open and Lamar missed him on a couple of them. The John Johnson interception in Baltimore, he was open. He was two steps behind him. The ball was under throw. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. uh he was a problem. Again, he's really good. And I don't think enough people respect that. And um yeah, I Kudos to the Ravens for fighting, I guess. I just thought the Browns were good again. I thought Miles and Clowney was a full display game from those two guys, and the, the linebackers were pretty solid. You always got to go back and watch the tape, but I, I, I'm really trying to not let the fourth quarter where it just felt like one of those classic the world was caving in on top of them things that only the Browns seemed to be able to do, maybe the Vikings too, um, do, do those sorts of things. I thought – they overcame it, and uh, the the way they finished was admirable too. Because at what point, when they recover that onside kick, you you, you had to be thinking like I was, like this is clearly going to be a Baltimore win. But they shut them down in four plays and get the win. And I I'm just kind of looking for defensive takeaways. It's so hard on the TV view to have a great feel for how they played, but um, they I thought they were good. I thought Miles was special, and I was really happy for those guys stepping up, making the play on the two point conversion play, and then. Uh, getting that stop there when I was ready to, I was just ready to turn the TV off, man. I was so annoyed with how that, how that whole thing transpired. I thought there's no way this defense with the the vibe of all of it, John. The you could, I mean, you know, it's it's not unique to the Browns, but it seems like it certainly happens quite a bit to them, where like the world is crashing down on, and then they're gonna let this thing slip away, but they got it done. Yeah, I'd, I'm walking away with this probably with a uh, better opinion of the defense than a lot of people are going to say i think they played well uh, i thought they uh you know and certainly better early on but uh that the defense uh played uh, very well and definitely was a big part of this win so you know i'm i'm not gonna harp on them too much on this uh but 
I don't have complaints. I don't think for for the defense as a whole. You know, we definitely have uh, you know some issues. You, you mentioned the Greedy Williams plays. You know, but overall, I just I feel like they played well and um, definitely deserve a, uh, a good amount of credit for coming out with a win here. Agreed. Rashad Bateman went for seven uh, seven catches, 103. Mark Andrews went for 111. Uh, sorry, 115 on 11 catches. Marquise Brown, 5 for 41. On the Browns' defensive side, Delpit has 11 tackles. Troy Hill, I thought Troy Hill played well. Seven tackles for him. John Johnson had a half a sack and six, sorry, seven tackles as well. And JOK had five tackles. Miles Garrett has a sack. And then we obviously know he returns for a touchdown. And then Clowney had a sack and a half. Uh, and then another, another Tack McKinley game where he steps up with that huge turnover there. Uh, mm-hmm. That first drive of the second half, I thought that this was probably if we, I don't know if we'll check the grades and see it this way, but it was the best defensive end performance because even I think Afedi Odenabo is the one who came up with attack fumble recovery. So yeah, from I a defensive end standpoint, I thought this was everything you signed all these guys for. You know, Miles' big extension, Jadevian's contract, who continues to look great on a one-year deal. Uh, obviously tack on a one-year deal and then bringing in uh, Odinabo like they did. I thought it was just a really special performance from that group. And uh, some issues covering tight ends, especially Andrews, continues to pop up. But if your issue is the Browns' defense, like I think that's really misguided. I just think that they've they had so much pressure on them today to do almost everything. And uh, for for 85% of this game, they did a great job. And they won that game because of them. They won that game because they got to 24 points through Miles Garrett and got off the field on a two-point conversion and got off the field on a fourth and six where, where Denzel makes a great tackle. So I, I still remain pleased with where the defense is, is at going and uh, I don't the think, prospect of know, keeping Joe Woods feels right to me. One of, the, one, of the, one of the things we talked about before this game is, you know, uh, how the defense was going to play. You know, in terms of just overall, I'm not sure that they played all that worse than the last game against, uh, you know, against Lamar, you know, I really, you know, he, I know he threw the picks and stuff like that, but just from an overall defensive uh, perspective, I'm not sure they played all that much worse than they did last time around. And I'm, I'm happy for it. I am too. I am too. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. We're about 40 minutes deep. We got a lot of film to watch to give you more intricate details about it. But, um, I want to, I want to say one more thing too. Jojo Natson, heck of a play. I learned two things this year on special teams. I didn't know. Uh, I did not know you could be out of bounds. And if a part of you is out of bounds and you were touching the ball on the kickoff, it automatically becomes a, um, uh, what, what is the name of that penalty? A, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kick out of bounds for that kickoff. I I don't think I didn't watch in football for long. I've never seen that, you know, and that's a, you know, I said on Twitter, it's the second, special teams play that I have been baffled by uh, with the Browns, you know, for this year, the, the first one being the one where uh, Peoples-Jones picks up that, that punt to, uh, to try and return it, and it was like basically a free play. That is something I've never seen, and I have certainly never seen this play where you just kick your, uh, kick your foot out of bounds and, and you get it at the 40. That's a 38-yard play. I mean that that was a a large impact play, and uh, I have never ever seen that on a football field. So that was wild. Can't say I have either. And many people who know special teams well were saying the same thing to me. I did not know that. That's an even more uh, unknown 
rule than the than the one that Donovan Peoples Jones did there the, in the opener. I think several. I talked to several people that knew that rule, but I did, I did not come across anybody today who knew about that being out of bounds would get you the illegal procedure on a on a kickoff. Strange. So learn something new every day. Your Browns are seven and six. They're right in the thick of this thing. It looks to me as we sit here right now. Let me zoom up on my screen to see what the score is. Uh, well, there's a couple minutes left, but it looks like Cincinnati's going to probably lose. So you're a game back in the division, and you're three and one in the division. You have a Raiders team who just got their doors blown off, 48 to nine, coming in next week. If you can get to 10 and seven with uh, two division wins at the end of the year, John, you have a real chance to win this thing, man. It's right there for the taking. And we're one and zero in this five games uh, mini season that we talked about. We're one and zero. Let's do this thing. Let's hope they can keep getting better somehow and keep winning these ugly games because ugly wins count none the same. John, thanks for your time, brother. I appreciate you so much. Hey, thanks, Jake. Uh, good to have the W. Everybody have a good Monday. Okay, thanks to John for joining. Thanks for everybody checking out uh, the OBR's post-game and pre-game show. Make sure to check out Rewind tomorrow, which will be a good show. I think we have a great guest lined up, and then we'll have the Chalk Talk Tuesday where we'll break this whole thing down as we normally do. Appreciate it again, your support for the OBR, whether it's through the website, whether it's through this podcast or through Twitch. It means the world to me, and it means the world to our site. Thank you so, so much. Have a great Victory Monday, and we close with our usual. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.